Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. It is my pleasure today to introduce to you Emily Ridout. And Emily has a fabulous kind of combination of different things. And we could probably talk forever, but let's <laughs> introduce you and what you do. And yeah, let's get a start there. Thanks so much for having me on, Sue. Um, my name's Emily, as you said, and I'm an astro yoga specialist. So um, I teach yoga primarily, and I read astrology. And those things, a lot of people don't realize, but for thousands of years have been linked. So there's astrological associations with your physical and your energetic body. And I work with people to figure out how to tap into the strengths in their astrology charts and in their physical embodiment and how to take those strengths and bring them into manifest reality. Oh, that is fascinating. So do you do like a person's chart and then look at their, their sun sign and the rising sign and, and their important um, signs and, and where their planets are and everything like that. And then, kind of guide them to work within those areas? How does that work? Yes. So if you imagine the astrology chart, it's kind of like a map, right? And so, yes, there's a there's an approximation of the energetic layout of you there. Um, just like a map is a map of a place. But it also shows you how to get to certain areas within yourself. So if you want to tap into your most loving self, if you want to tap into yourself that you can be out in the public eye, um, yourself that you can be in business, yourself that you can be in relationship or in your own personal embodiment, financial education, you know, you name it, any aspect of life, your astrology chart offers you a map of how to get there. Now you can awaken the energies in your astrology chart, whichever ones you choose, by following the paths laid out in your personal map, which is why people, you know, hire professional astrologers is because we can read the map um, much more quickly and easily than the average person who's just sort of looking it up. Yeah, there's one right there. So you yeah. see all those lines in the inside circle, mm -hmm. those are relationships that are being dictated. So some of those relationships you can tap into other planets or other places in your chart. So let's say you're having an issue, you know, feeling good in your day-to-day -day life, right? Like, oh, I, I have this vision for the future. I have maybe relationships that make me happy, maybe a home life that makes me happy, but just day-to-day, -day, I don't like what I'm doing. You know, I'm too busy, whatever. You hear this a lot, right? From various Wait. people. Well, that's really a sixth house issue. And so you could tap into one of those areas where things are going well that are in beneficial alignment with that and start to use it to draw into, okay, well, what does this person need to do? You know, small scale, a yoga pose, a small activity that you could just bring into your day or maybe something you could cut out of your day to begin to move into deeper resonance. Because when you line up with who you actually are, which the astrology chart indicates, you you become so much more capable of feeling really good in every area of your life, even if that way that you're living doesn't look like what someone else would choose for themselves. Right. And that, I mean, each of us has our own course and journey, like you said, and, and you just implied. And so we are kind of opening up to our best self or the best, um, oh, I, I can't think of the word, but the best way that we can show up and present ourselves in daily life by tapping into this. Totally. So, so I think what you're hinting at is there's no good or bad astrology chart. There's more and less easeful energy flows. And at any point, you can choose to spiral upward into better and better resonance with yourself, or you can also choose to spiral downward. And you know, like 
people, sometimes we need a moment where we're like, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm recognizing that and I'm sitting in it now. That's actually can be a, that can be a tool to use for spiraling upward too, is processing those feelings. But you also know people who are like, you know what? I don't feel good. And so I'm going to make everything else bad around me. And that's what the, the downward spiral looks like. But at any point, any individual, even if it feels really hard, has the ability to say, you know what, today's the day I'm making a change. The spiral's going back up. You know, sometimes you have to spiral through some, some residue. Um, in yoga, we call them some scaras, those latent impressions of things that have happened in our lives. But when you do that, it's always so rewarding, which is why people, you know, when they first start yoga or they first start Tai Chi or any of these practices, you hear them raving about it. Like people go to yoga for three weeks and they're like, it's amazing <laughs> because right. they start to feel the effect of what is an upward spiral? You know, there's still challenges that come along the way. It's not like your problems are over. Now you're, you know, some easy breezy, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme for spirituality, <laughs> but it, it is, um, it is a promise you know, that aligning with yourself is the most rewarding thing you can do in this life, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree, definitely. And yoga has that, it makes that space within you where you get quiet and you focus mm -hmm. inward. And you, you know, especially if you have a good instructor who's really encouraging you to go into the poses, but not to go uncomfortably deep into them until they're ready, like stretch, but don't hurt yourself. Yes, so a central rule of yoga is do no harm. Mm -hmm. um, and, and certainly there are all sorts of yoga practices, right? There's simply breath work, there's simply meditation, there's very, very active practices you'll see some forms that borderline on contortion, right? So you have, um, and, and each of those practices can be appropriate for certain individuals. All of those practices are not going to be appropriate for a person at a given point in their life, right? Like there'll be something that's important to you. You can do these practices though with breath work, you can do them with restorative yoga. You can do them with very active yoga. I teach a public astro yoga class that is very active because um, a lot of my yoga students around the town I live in really love sort of an active vinyasa practice. But I also work with many, many clients to work on restorative, prenatal, postnatal, um, Gentler. more hatha and gentle yoga yeah sorts of practices as well as just breath work you know some people come some people come and they don't want to do yoga at all and for them i give them activities which which aren't always physical because you can tap into energy through the body but you can also tap into energy through um, other actions you take okay yeah and when when you're like i would wouldn't say prescribing but perhaps prescribing is would be the right word so if you're sitting down with somebody and they're they're sitting with their chart and you're looking at it and you're saying okay i think you need to do x y and z so do you do you feel like it manifests in their body in certain areas and and i know that there are those correlations between body place like head neck um i'm scorpio so i know that one like you know um but just would you sit down and and look at various aspects of their chart and then design a program specifically for them based on their chart yes so i do that with a large number of my clients um you Sometimes people come for a single one-off. They're called astro yoga sessions. What it is, is it's an hour of reading your astrology chart and then an hour of really talking to you about how you like to move and what I usually give people about six postures that they can do. So it's not like an hour long flow you'll do. It's that you work specifically with these postures for a time. 
Um, my long-term clients come back, they report back. Some of them have an active flow. Some of them have a more restorative flow. Some of them have both that they alternate. And those get really aligned and attuned to the preferences and goals of that individual. And so you go in with that intention, but you also are working with the subtle and energetic placements in the body. So you mentioned, um, I think what is the most um, well-known bit of it, which is the Zodiac does line up with the body, right? Scorpio goes into, is rules the genitals, um, but, but these things also have planetary alignment. So Scorpio also um, resonates with the third chakra. So, so you can be working with, you know, how do I ground down, enter into Mula Bandha? That's a lot of root work, but you can also be working with your third chakra. Now there's also, there's a lot there because you want to attune, if you're just talking about the chakras, front to back and back to front because the chakras have directionality, right? So we give energy a certain way. We also receive energy a certain way. So you're looking at, and when people come in person, I'll measure their chakras for them. So we're looking at that. We're looking at the elemental layers of the body, which are the koshas. And then we're looking at the planetary resonance with the different chakras and areas of the body. So that's a lot. Sorry, if people are listening, they're probably like, what? No, I love that. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> There's a lot there. So it starts like if you're at home right now or Sue later, you're like, okay, I'm going to go balance my sun, moon and rising with astro yoga. You can do that. You know, you don't have to make it crazy complicated. You can say third chakra work. Let's go. How am I giving my energy? How am I receiving my energy? To what extent am I containing my own energy versus giving and receiving, right? So you can start working with that and doing things that stimulate or downregulate the third chakra. Um, but, you know, so anyone can do that, but they can also do it according to season because with the transits, ask you, yeah. they start to affect your chart too. So if you think about just the sun and the moon, uh, we have a full moon in Leo coming up, I think on Thursday. Um, that is a great time for Leo and Aquarius action. Um, as the sun moves through the zodiac, it's even more obvious because you see like, oh, in the summer times, you know, what's indicated is really active yoga arm balances are more of a thing in the summer, big back bends, huge heart opening, you know, that sort of thing. The equinoxes are time for balance. And then the winter is time to really get into the roots of the body to do more down-regulating activity, more restful activity. And so, um, you know, people, people can come to me, right? They can come and I'll give them very, specific intricate things and we'll revise and move through. And that's why people come back time and time again, but um, they can also do something on their own, you know, like um, if someone's listening to this, they could email me, I'll tell you about your chakras or whatever. And you can go, you know, to your yoga teacher and say, what's a good thing for this area of the body or this chakra or whatever. Um, so it gets complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Oh, that's, and so they can have a consultation with you and get a few suggestions or recommendations and then go to their um, local yoga studio or work on it at home? Yes. So, so the secret about yoga is it's designed implicitly to balance the whole body. So if you have a well-rounded practice, you're probably already doing some of the postures that I would recommend for you. And chances are, if there's a posture you really love, that that is indicated in your chart. Although the chances are also good that if there's a posture you really don't love, and it's for a reason other than I have a wrist injury and this hurts my wrist, right? If there's just one that you feel a bit off put by, the chances are that might be one 
of the places in your chart that could still be balanced and integrated more fully. Because we all have places in our chart that if you've ever met like a zodiac sign that you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why is that a zodiac sign? Like, what are those? If you know people of a certain sign and you're like, what is that sign thinking? Like, what? News, news flash, right? You have all the signs in your chart. And so to have a positive relationship with each type of zodiac sign and to figure out what are the positive ways and the negative ways that this could manifest for me, you know, without judgment, because no one's on their A game every day and no one's also just the worst, right? So, so thinking about, you know, when does it feel good when this energy is operating in me and when does it not feel right? Um, you know, without, without any sort of judgment, because certainly each of us has our good days and bad days. So I don't want anyone to think like, oh, I'll start practicing yoga or astro yoga or do astrology integration work and suddenly things will be perfect. Um, but, but, you know, the progress on it does, does create, you might very well think, oh, life is so much more perfect than it was um, a couple of years ago when you do this for a while, or there's, there's a lot to be said there. Right. Well, even when you, when you hold yourself differently, because yoga will help your, your structural form too, and your muscular form. And when you hold yourself differently, it changes the way you interact with people and how other people interact with you sometimes. And Go ahead. Totally. Well, actually, um, I was teaching some yoga teacher training students the other day about um, mudra and binding, which is like energetic motion through the body. And so they're, they're first time teacher training students, that group. And this is what I do with them. And I think we could all do it is like make your hands really big, make your arms go up and wide and just feel what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Right. And then come in and just like hug yourself and curl in and make your fingers into little fists and just notice like mm. that is different <laughs> right and if you you know that is different and that translate to translates to very very subtle motions in the body so if you can or someone watching this can feel that right you can you can do these sorts of energetic practices and start to learn them on more and more subtle levels so that if you want to feel expansive and big and bright, you don't have to wave your arms around. You could maybe just touch a finger to another finger or, um, or breathe a certain way. And, you know, that's, that's the magic of attunement, I think, is we can, create powerful shifts with very small actions um, because we've aligned with our own will. And right. yeah, in some ways it is magic. You know, people talk about magic like, oh, you know, Star Wars or <laughs> whatever, like Harry Potter. But this is, you know, this is the magic of life is fully living and having mastery over yourself and your energy and in that way truly manifesting a good life and right. the one you want and right exactly but i think you you hit the nail on the head with that so a lot of times it's just noticing these really really subtle shifts in how things feel and how it feels to either, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to be seen while they're walking through the crowd, say they see somebody and they're like, ooh, they can like shrink their energy mm -hmm. and hopefully pass through. But if they want to be like the biggest person in the room, then it's, it's not like they walk in, like you said, like, hey, look at me. But when you open up that energy and you like expand it, then, it's amazing what these little shifts, but I think that, you know, before we came on, we were talking a little bit about how 
these things are kind of becoming, I don't want to say more mainstream, but more mainstream. I mean, really, like learning about energy, learning about um, subtle shifts, learning about these subtle little things and and having this power of manifesting. So you tie manifestation and yoga together or? Well, so I'm not a manifestation coach, um, okay. but but um, manifestation is a hot, hot phrase these days. Um, manifestation is very real and you can manifest things using astrology and yoga. Um, my, my one beef with pop culture and manifestation is, is that often, you know, you see like the secret and things like that. And often what is portrayed in that is that through the power of the mind, you can manifest things. Of course that, that is true, but it's also lacking part of it, which I'm always like, don't forget this part, which is we live on the earth plane, um, right? And we are five elemental beings, right? We have earth. So what do we do uh, or what exists in manifest reality? And we're trying to draw something into the earth plane when we're manifesting, right? We have fires, so passion and what we're going for, action to some degree. We have water, our emotions, and we have air, our thoughts. When people try to manifest solely with air and emotion, right, air and water, the thought and feeling, that's really great because those are, you know, a big part of it, but you need all five elements. So right. the fifth one being the quintessence or the akasha or whatever phrase you'd like to give it, which is that element of um, space that connects everything and contains everything. So if you'd like to manifest, yeah, thoughts and emotions, very important, but also fire and earth, action and practical reality. So when people are looking to manifest, they also need to take the earth plane level actions that they need, which is why some people are like manifestation. I just do it through hard work and effort. Well, yeah, that's part of manifestation is, you know, like you doing something like a person who's like, oh, now I want to manifest things with my astrology chart. Okay. Well, nothing's going to happen if you don't do something with it. You come see me. I talk to you about it. Maybe you feel good afterwards, but then I give people tasks to do. Um, I talk to them first. It's not like, I'm not going to be like, go take these magic beans <laughs> in the ground, but I'm like, okay, well, what kind of a thing do you like to do in this area that would resonate with this energy? And can we do more of that, right? To pull it in. And so when people do that, that's where, that's where the magical manifestation happens. And, you know, then you're like, well, it's not magic. Cause I did this thing. It's like, well, <laughs> It's amazing. It's opening up, though. I think that's what, like, making vision boards and, you know, future visioning. That's why it's so important right now for people like you and me to be working to shift the vision of what's going on. But then, you know, as much future vision as we have, as much new era thinking as we'd like to bring into this, we still have to create the foundations here and do the work, you know, talk to the people, do the, you know, do the podcast, do the, do the work. And right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Well, and you're right. Like, so making a vision board is an action, right? Going to an astrology reading is an action. You, your actions don't have to be like, I wanted to start a business. And so I did every single thing today, you know, that would entail that it's, it's, did you take one step, one step? Um, so one of your actions could be, I made a vision board. One of your actions could be, I put a podcast on the internet, right? Like it's, uh, the actions don't have to be huge. Some of the actions, which is why the yoga is great. Some of the actions could be, I know this pose will awaken this area of my body and I'm going to do it. And when you do that, you're more aligned and attuned to take 
more actions that will also serve your highest purpose. Good way of putting it. Good way. And I also feel like, like it is that, you know, every step that you take towards building something, I always say Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built brick by brick, you know, thought by thought, hour by hour even, you know, and, and so when you're working on these things, even when you're working on your yoga practice, it's not like you're going to be doing headstands and, you know, like the whole thing right away because you need the time to envision it and you need the time to practice it. There are postures that took me 20 years to do. Wow. You don't look um, old enough to be like practicing postures for 20 years. Surprise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, there are some. And that's not an exaggeration, 20, 20 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there are some that have taken me over 20 years because I've not done them yet. You know, like there are, and there are some that perhaps I'll never do because the shape of my femur bone doesn't allow it or something. And all of that is fine. You know, you don't have to do the craziest thing today. You can do your first downward facing dog or your 10,000 downward facing dog and then something extra, you know, you, uh, it's not, I don't know. It's not like, it's not like manifesting on the earth plane means that you are struggling and toiling. It means that you're aligned and the synchronicities of life are now able to come in on every layer of reality as opposed to just the emotional or mental layer. So it's, it's, it's neat though. It's amazing because when synchronicities do happen and manifestation does start to work for people, um, that, that sort of proof is in the pudding thing where we're like, oh my gosh, like people can't believe it. Or at least for me, like even though I work in this field, even still today when I'm like, oh, something amazing just happened. You, there's still that feeling of awe. Like, I can't believe my own life force. I can't believe my own reality. I can't believe how amazing this is and how much true love and care there is in the universe. And tapping into that is powerful. Totally. I'm recognizing it for what it is too is a really powerful thing like seeing a synchronicity or seeing something that the universe is like here you go you asked here you are and you're just like wow that was really <laughs> impressive so yeah yeah and in everything there is that flow of grace and I guess that's what I've sort of been trying to point to is you don't have to do it all in fact you can't do it all you are a single being and by your own nature, what makes you special is also what makes you finite, right? So on some level, you're an infinite being, but you've come down into finite reality. Um, the flow of grace is still with you. And so you, you just do what you have to do, but not everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Kind of meeting the universe halfway in the middle and, and yeah. Yeah. And they say when you take a step in the right direction, the universe is going to meet you there anyway. Yes. That is my favorite of Newton's laws is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Although I would almost argue that it's not always equal because sometimes you take a small action and you find massive shifts. Right. But, you know, sometimes those small actions feel like massive actions inside yourself because you're like, oh, I'm scared to take the step. You know, what will happen? Chatter brain. And then you do it and it feels like a huge thing. But the reward is so huge that you you're able to keep going. Right. Right. And how like what? 
encourage you, how did you, because you have a background in folklore and you have a background in yoga and you have a background in astrology, like what did you see kind of a common thread flowing through everything? And you're just like, I think I'm going to combine these because there are so many similarities or how did that come to, how did that manifest? Well, I was a folklore student in both my undergraduate and my graduate degrees. Um, I had a nice long break between them. But when I was an undergraduate student, I at the tail end of my time there, I was in India and I did a yoga teacher training and I started learning about the astrology yoga connection. Um, and I, at that time, knew a little bit about both, but was surprised at the historical connection between them. And so I was like, okay, that's neat. And then I went on, I was teaching yoga, I was studying, I was doing all these things. And so when I went back to graduate school, um, I realized, you know, this is something that, you know, in the old days, if you went to a yoga practitioner, like, like, for example, Krishnamacharya, the father of modern yoga, he taught many of the great yoga teachers, Iyengar, um, who started Iyengar yoga, Patabi Joyce, who started the Ashtanga yoga, that is very popular. But the practices were very different because he would work with the individual and he'd say, okay, you, you know, you need more support from props. You need this, you need that. Here's your practice. You over here, like you're very active. You need a more active practice to get your mind to be able to settle. And a true master of yoga in those days would know Vastu, which is like feng shui for the Vedic arts. They would know Ayurveda, you know, the traditional herbal-based medicine system. Uh, they So like nutrition, spatial awareness. They would know Jyotish, which is astrology, the science of light is the translation of that. And they would know asana, breath work, all that stuff. So, so what I've tried, what I realized at when I was very young um, was that modern yoga in the United States was very asana focused. And I knew the deep power of the other systems that were getting more popular, like Ayurveda was taking hold in the United States more. Um, I think Vastu still needs to come in more, but but you know, there's feng shui practitioners and some some degree of focus on interior design and what's your space like in America. But there was very little connection to knowing how your personal chart could help you be okay. And when I realized that, I became hellbent <laughs> on this. And I, you know, even in my applications to graduate schools, I was like, look, I need to study the astrology yoga tarot connection. Like these mystery schools have linked them. They've been occult, which means hidden knowledge for a long time. We're in the Aquarian age now, or at least entering into it, depending on your perspective. You know, this needs to be common knowledge, this powerful, powerful thing. And so I just, I was like, the world needs a true expert and I will, I will do that <laughs> was what I thought. And so I've just spent over a decade ex like deeply immersed in this stuff and, um, you know, making sure that to the best of my ability, I serve every student who comes in through my Astro Yoga teacher trainings, that I serve every client that comes in who's working on their own path. Um, and, you know, because it's really, it's just, I'm just translating something that's very old to people in a way that they can use it. It's, some of the interpretation has come to me, but any, anything I say that's smart in any way, anything I say that is helpful, it's, it's a gift from, from, I think from God or from something where it's like the seeds of these things are in everyone. And I just asked and worked to see if it could sprout in me so that I could help as best I can. So. Well, and you nurtured the plant after you planted it and, you know. I've nurtured the plant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or the seedling. Yeah. 
Yes. And you brought up tarot and how how does that feed into your work as well? Because I'm a teacher and student and yeah. So tell me a little bit more how that fits in. I love the tarot. So the tarot is primarily based in the Western mystery traditions, which is the Kabbalah um, largely, although astrology certainly is too. Um, and, th and they do also some embodiment practices, but yoga is probably more well known for that. So the Kabbalah and really the tarot developed over the Indo-European trade route. So from India all the way up through Europe in the same way that our um, many of our languages have developed and they have many roots in Sanskrit and you see tarot, um, you, there's all sorts of decks now, but in many of the older yeah. decks, you see symbolism from uh, Judaism, the Hebrew language, you see uh, including letters that are written into the pictures or sometimes written on the cards. You see a lot of Egyptian symbolism and you also see deep symbolism from the tantras um, and from the Vedas. So, and from other, um, other pagan or whatever, like naturalist religions from Europe. So, so with the, with the, Tarot, there's astrological associations with the cards. So it's a little too complicated for most people to sort of digest, but you can lay out your astrology chart with your cards, or you could read your spread with an eye for where's the astrology in this, you know, which planet, which sign. Um, so that's all really amazing. And the tarot well, you know, the major arcana of the tarot, those main cards, the ones you always see depicted in pop culture and media, um, those indicate a journey of the self to the self through the self, which of course is a yoga quote, um, uh -huh. from, from the universality of spirit to the very specific embodied individual who has will, who has effort, who has the capacity to build and also the capacity to receive, to the letting go of the earth plane and into the spaces of mystical rebirth into higher states of consciousness and all the way back into a state of universal awareness, which is of course that, that aim of, of mysticism, that aim of meditation. And this is, um, like they're there to teach you things. And so when you're reading it, you're actually looking at what is the state of consciousness that will help you right now? You know, where on your journey are you sitting here? And so um, they relate very strongly to astrology. Um, and because astrology relates very strongly to yoga, you can sort of tie it in. Traditionally though, like yoga practitioners wouldn't have done that. That is something that I've been like, well, astrology relates to these two things. So I'm pulling in the tarot because I am a great lover of the tarot and that, and that science. And you do, you do see so much from the Vedas there and, um, and so much from the Egyptian mystery schools and so much from the Western mystery schools. I just, I just think, oh, well, a well-used tarot can do a lot for a person's spiritual and personal unfoldment. Right. Yeah. And would you then only use the major arcana when you're doing a, a reading that aligned with um, like an astro astrological and a yoga um, reading as you just described, or would you pull the full deck into that? I would pull the full deck because there's okay. astrological associations with like the people cards as well. And of course the minor arcana all relate back to the major arcana. So if you pull, pull you know, the aid of water, well, we're still looking at a form of strength, but now we're looking at a form of resilience and emotional strength. Um, that's more specific to a situation and less of a like major theme that will come in and override your whole life. You know, this is more of a moment where you need to pull in 
Like, what is my emotional resilience? Right. For that card, you know, and every card you could do that for. Right. So I'm all like, oh, this would be so fun because you get your, <laughs> your yoga mat out and you're laying out the cards and then you're looking at this. <laughs> if you are into it, it can be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend if, if you are a person, well, you said you do tarot. So if you already use that modality, like look up some of the astrological associations, you know, I can tell you right now, um, Scorpio is associated with, with the death card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so funny. My mother is actually a Scorpio named Susan. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you, not just like you, different person, but she doesn't like, she doesn't like her astrological association. Although I have Capricorn sun and it's major arcana association is the devil card. Right. But when you know that the death card indicates not the physical death of the, the body. Yeah. Yeah. It's transformation. You see like, oh, of course, Scorpio energy is deeply transformative and it does get down into the root. And there is a lot there. And when you think about the Capricorn energy as driving towards something and you notice that um, the devil energy is not indicative of like a pitchfork devil, but rather like that which chains us and entices us and that we become addicted to, um, you see it as like a very clear warning of like, okay, well, direct your Capricorn energy to the thing you actually want to tie yourself to, wherever you have Capricorn in your chart. And of course, um, Capricorn energy also resonates with what is old and mystical and inherited. And you have to consciously choose your relationship with that. What am I adopting from the past? You know, what traditional knowledge serves me? And what do I feel chained to that I have the ability to, because the people who are chained in the devil card can actually, the chains are very loose. They can remove them, right? So like, what do I need to break free from? And what is the little devil in my details? Like, what am I slightly addicted to? Right. Yeah, because we all have our addiction, especially right now. Like, if you could talk about, like, seriously, like, and and the whole thing about yoga, too, in this time and, and speaking about that and everything is is the, the draw of the Internet and Netflix and these addictions that are normalized in our daily lives because the addiction to work if we're going to even talk about the capricorn thing and the addiction to you know earthly goods and consuming things and and all of those things tie in with that different energy and then you know i just look at like the devil as in in a completely different way than a lot of people do because i just, but anyway that's a conversation for a different time but yeah i can see that as a way to look into yourself and be really honest and then to ground that. Yeah. And in these practices too, it's like the devil, like the devil character is an aspect of yourself and on some level is a not real entity within yourself because on, on the very highest level, everything that is, is good. And so the devil shows up as like an inverse to good when we break into layers of duality, right? Which is how we get really specific. So on the earth plane, yeah, there are bad things, there are good things, there are neutral things, whatever, there are complex things that are a lot of things. Um, and so to recognize those aspects of yourself as you being the person who is both chaining you and being the aspects of yourself, you see a man and a woman in most of them, that you have these aspects of your psyche that are receiving and enacting this to you, um, then you're able to say like, hmm, you know, society, for example, is not responsible for me being addicted to money or the internet or this thing or that thing or whatever your personal little devil in the details thing is. I am responsible for replacing the heavenly angel with this kind of 
devilly character. Like I've replaced, actually there's a children's book I really loved. I forget what it was called, but it was like about these people and everybody had a bag of warm fuzzies and you could like hand them out to people whenever you wanted. But some people got worried they would run out of warm fuzzies. So they got a bag of cold pricklies and you could hand those out whenever you wanted. Mm. And at the end of the book, they find out that the bag of warm fuzzies actually could never run out. <laughs> like it was a bottomless sack. And I think that's what we do is we we're like, can I have, you know, the very best life I can on this earth plane. Um, but we see like, oh, we're mortal beings bad things do happen, I'm really scared. And then we think this other thing will save me, whatever it is, money, work addiction, whatever. Now we're talking about the devil card a lot, but but we, we have this capacity to say, wait a second, I'm replacing this character, I'm taking off my chains and I'm moving on to, to you know, other, like the temperance card has a lot of resonance with the devil card where it's been replaced with this like beautiful angelic being who's very benevolent. And so it's like, are you like, what is, what is the thing you serve? Is it your addictions and fears or is it your highest nature and your capacity to exist and abide as a being of light? you know, which means shining light on the devil and seeing he's just, just a little bit of you. <laughs> right, right. Ultimately, he's an angel, you know, like who got, you know, kicked out of heaven. And uh, yeah, and then there's just so much, like I've been thinking about this lately because looking at the art in European history and seeing, you know, what, how the devil is, uh, symbolized in a lot of different things and then you probably have studied this too because you are talking about you know bringing the the progression of tarot and progression of all of these symbolism heavy um things that that have formed our societies mm -hmm. um and when you start looking at it from that perspective you see a little shift in kind of how you would interpret these things and and you do bring it back into yourself and you do say within me there is the the i don't know the dark and the light is too easy of a but there are these tendencies that are not as beautiful in each of us or generous or you know um open or that are more fear-based. So, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, the trick is drawing those things into alignment. Like from a yogic perspective, things descend through the tapas. So it goes from a oneness down into reality, which when you say the devil is a fallen angel, well, yeah, from the manifest wholeness, everything divides, 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 and eventually you get things that are good and bad, light and dark, whatever. On some level, when you draw them all together again and you bring it into alignment, so you look at the shadow aspects of yourself, you say, oh, I am, you know, really stuck on this thing and I could maybe let it go and maybe that would feel better. And can I just look at it and bring it back into the light? That's when, you know, when you become more aligned inside yourself, you're much, you're still in, you know, divided reality, like we're ourselves, we're separate from things. But within yourself, you can create that sort of ethereal heaven, all of manifest reality space, where the, where the scary, like inside you devil, you know, like the devil on your shoulder, they, where they're, they get more into one thing, which is your, your conscious and your consciousness. Yeah. And some of the times we have to think about things too that ground us or that we are kind of blocking ourselves from doing that would actually, that we're just kind of saying, oh, that's base um, or that's too, you know, something or other. We're judging ourselves. Mm. And so we're not allowing ourselves to kind of go into, 
perhaps something that would give us more power, but we're standing in judgment of. And so and that's where that temperance step comes in too. Right. If you deny your own life for us, you're like, I only want to have love and light. You know, people call that spiritual bypassing. Totally. Right. Why do they call it that? Okay. Well, you're not integrating into your earth plane again. So if you deny your lower chakras, the part of you that wants to feel safe, able to act, creative, empowered, you know, if you're denying that and you're like, I just want to live up here in floaty, blissful reality, it's like, okay, it's fun to visit floaty, blissful reality. But someday, like if you do that, you're inviting people to come along basically to start poking at you to say like, okay, it's time to take some action. It's time to say, where are my boundaries? You know, you know, no, right? <laughs> or yes, but not whatever, <laughs> right? So so that, um, yeah, that you're totally, I think, spot on with that is you got to get, and that's that, that's that death card again, right? Like go down into your roots, you know, embrace the fall season. What do trees do? They like move down, they tend their roots. And if your roots aren't intact, if you don't feel anchored to the earth plane in your body, then, um, you know, it's it's a state of being, but it's not going to feel totally right either. Right. Well, and I feel like that's a really important part of right now what we're facing too, because you know a lot of us are just shells and we live on the internet. And you know, I noticed that that happened to me a while ago, and I really had to say, "Gosh, you know, I've been sitting in this space." but I'm not here. And so making a point of grounding back into myself has been so powerful. Yeah. Um, if anybody is watching this, like just finish watching it, I guess, but then stop, go outside or on your wherever, if it's raining look at the sky, like just look at it, watch how the clouds are moving or if it's a blue sky or a night sky, it doesn't matter. Like just go look at it and then like look at the earth and the ground and maybe even touch the earth and the ground. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's very, yeah, I have to do that a lot these days. I have a dog, so I go out walking the dog and I just wind up looking at the sky and the speed at which clouds move is very powerful for me to look at because it makes me think about how lightning quick we're trying to force us to be when we're biological beings in some ways on the internet, right? We're trying to make the internets go as, go as fast as our brains and we just, like our bodies need that slow, like mystical cloud energy in some ways and that earth energy of, the trees are moving all the time too, but you don't see them moving as much. Your plants are moving, but they're slow and settled. Right. The earth is moving and yet we take it for granted, you know? And it's moving fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Spinning around every day. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. So, if somebody like is is it possible to do a session with you over the internet or is it only like live sessions? Sue, most of my sessions are over the internet, so yes, it's very very possible. Um, and let's see, I offer free fifteen minute consultations. So if somebody's watching this and they just want to do a little meet and greet and see if they'd like to work with me. That's an option. Um, I have single one-off sessions, which are astrology readings, astro yoga sessions. I have a membership, two memberships actually, one where you get an astrology reading every month. It's much more high touch. You can text me and I will answer your questions. Um, and then one that's less high touch. You still get these ask me anything sessions with me where we go over like 
What are you going to do on the new moon? What are you going to do on the full moon? How are you going to handle Mercury in retrograde? Here's some specific advice for any questions you have. And then you also get, I have this kind of massive, I shock myself every time I write them, horoscope booklet for the month, oh, cool. um, where like each sign gets information on their month. Um, they get information on their sign and how it will react to the new moon and the full moon and also some journaling or tarot questions to ask yourself, as well as like an at a glance month session section and then sort of an overview for everybody for the month. So it's like, <laughs> but I just, I, I write it every month for people. And so those are, those are ways. And then, you know, other things too. I do packages and teacher trainings. So if someone wants to work with me, they can on the internet and I will, help you with whatever you're working toward using these modalities in a way that's totally catered to you. Well, it sounds like it. And it sounds like you have so much packed into everything that it's just every little detail that somebody is looking for in, in terms of really getting into themselves and their own energy and then transferring that into their world and, and using that as a tool for change in their own lives. It's it's an amazing tool and I've time and time again you know I do it for my clients but when I do it for myself is when I'm like whoa <laughs> how did I do that? <laughs> um you know because you you you're like oh of course it will work for someone else but when you do it for yourself you're really like oh my gosh I am powerful. Mm -hmm. Like like I can read a map. <laughs> and you know get somewhere get somewhere new and more exciting for me and powerful and so um yeah if anyone watching this is curious about that you know pop on do a meet and greet with me we can talk about your needs and i can point you to what um which of my services or other resources could be useful i also offer a free um weekly astro yoga forecast and when you sign up for that, you get a copy of my ebook, Astro Yoga for Your Sun Sign, which will take you through just your chakra and your physical body associations with the zodiac. But you can you can have some fun with that. Very cool. And what's your web address again, so that I can put it in the notes real quick. And if you are watching the replay on YouTube, it will be in the blurb underneath. So. Oh, perfect. It's emilyridout.com. So it's just my name, E-M-I-L-Y-R-I-D-O-U-T.com. And they can um, access all of the different um, memberships and offers and freebies and everything there. It's all there. Yeah. If you click book me, book now, book now, um, you'll see I have like public yoga classes. I have all the sessions. That's where you can book the free 15 minute thing. There's a bunch of email signups, different places. Um, and, and certainly you can always get in touch with me um, through social media or um, my email is emily at emilyridout.com, creative I know. Um, so people can, people can reach out if they have questions. Okay, and I'm putting that in the comments below too. Okay. Yay. So this was a wonderful, powerful, exciting conversation. I'm like, I can chat with you forever. <laughs> well, it's been a delight for me to chat with you too, Sue. And I just think what you're doing here is so cool and you know, the fact that you're doing this for people to listen to, because, you know, the people who are your audience are also really powerful, wonderful people too. Like if they're tuning into these things and they're asking these sorts of questions and they're looking into these modalities, like, so thank you for doing what you do. And to the people listening, like, thank you guys for being on your paths and for doing your own work. And I think together, you know, all of us on the earth plane, we're just, we're building a better, brighter, more wonderful and connected world. And so it's, it's wonderful. Yep. 
that's the goal totally is, you know, to share and learn and grow and, you know, exchange ideas and conversations. And, you know, even talking to you today, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, so making these little connections that perhaps, you know, even, even if you've been studying tarot or yoga or astrology for a number of years, you're probably going to get something out of these conversations that's an aha moment for you. Right. No matter how much you know, there's always more. So, you know, I'm on, I'm on my path of perpetual learning and experiential movement into meditation. I have my teachers, um, you, you know, you're on your path. And when we connect, we can all keep going uh, together and keep learning new things. And, you know, it's, we're all we're all on this walk, right? There's nobody who's not. So it's really wonderful. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you for all your time and your energy and your wisdom that you mm -hmm. shared with us today. I really appreciate that. And everybody, again, this was a conversation with Emily Ridout, and you can find her work at Emily. That's e m i l y r i d o u t dot com. And this is Sue Ellis Seller from Spiritual Business Spotlight. Thanks again for tuning in. And we will see you this week a couple times more. So take care. Have a great evening.